0: Welcome to GW Hospital Healthcast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. The topic today is rotator cuff injuries. My guest is Dr. Rajiv Pandareneth. Dr. Pandarenth is a board certified orthopedic surgeon and a member of the medical staff at the George Washington University Hospital. Dr. Pandarenth, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. I
0: I understand and I, I think most people understand or have heard the words rotator cuff, right? But maybe we need just a nice uh, anatomy lesson of the rotator cuff, the role that it plays, and anything else you think is important to understand.
1: Sure. Well, um, the rotator cuff, based on its name, uh, is, is helpful in helping your shoulder rotate. So it's, it's important. It, it's, it involves the muscles that help you lift up your arm and move it in certain directions. And a lot of people associate that as a primary function of the rotator cuff. Actually, it's a little bit more complicated than that. The shoulder joint is mainly made up of two bones, your shoulder blade and your humerus, which is like the ball of the ball and socket. And rather than being like a ball with a deep socket, the shoulder is actually more like a golf ball on a tee. And so the golf ball is huge and the tee is pretty small. So if you, you know, try to knock over a golf ball and a tee, it's pretty easy. And the rotator cuff are these four muscles that wrap around the uh, golf ball and tee to give added stability to the, to the shoulder joint. So when you're moving your arm uh, without thinking about it, your rotator cuff muscles are actually functioning at different times to keep your shoulder stable.
0: So the rotator cuff is really a, a, a set of four muscles, not ligaments.
1: Right. So they're the rotator cuff starts out as muscles that attach on the shoulder blade and then they go out over the uh, shoulder joint and attach on the humeral head or the ball of the ball and socket. And So the, the muscles turn into a tendon and then the tendons what actually attaches on the bone.
0: Right. And so when you use that analogy of the golf ball and, and the tee, I think that works well, right? Because what I see then is without those muscles, that's a very unstable type joints. So the muscles really are important to the overall structure and stability of the shoulder.
1: Right. That's right. So what, and so, so what kind of... Um, there's a lot of muscles that help you elevate your arm and move it around, but the rotator cuff is really responsible for the stability.
0: So what, so what kind of injuries are we talking about then that happen at the rotator cuff?
1: Well, so rotator cuff injuries happen two different ways. So uh, one is um, an obvious injury. So like if you're trying to you know, catch something or lift something heavy, then you feel a pop in your shoulder and all of a sudden you can't lift your arm up. That's what we call a traumatic rotator cuff tear. So all of the tearing happened at once. The other way is much more common. So um, a lot of people have an anatomy of their shoulder where the uh, the roof of the rotator cuff muscles are can be pinched by the top of their shoulder blade. And so over time, there's kind of a gradual wearing away of the thickness of the tendon, kind of like sandpaper on the rotator cuff. So there's nothing that happens all at once. It's more like a gradual thinning of the rotator cuff, which finally ends up being torn. And so both both kind of things can happen. Uh, typically, the traumatic kind of tear happens in a younger population, and then the uh, degenerative tear is what we call the thinning. The degenerative tear happens in the older group of people. Usually people, you know... Probably sixty years and older.
0: Okay. So, but with that thinning or that more degenerative type process, is there, are there signs and symptoms that something's wrong over time?
1: Sure. Oftentimes, people will have just shoulder pain. They might not have any weakness, um, but they'll just have pain when they're doing overhead activities. So, something uh, reaching for something in a cabinet above their shoulder level or picking something up above their head, um, those kinds of things would hurt. Shoulder pain often manifests itself especially at night so people find that they have trouble sleeping on that side uh, and it wakes them up w- wakes them up at night very commonly
0: if i'm if i'm experiencing some of those types of symptoms what what should i do i mean I, so so i'm i'm cluing in on my shoulder i'm i'm thinking rotator cuff now what can i do to prevent further injury
1: well there's two main approaches to treating rotator cuff injuries so um when you don't have a a full tear of the rotator cuff, or if you have what we call tendinitis or inflammation of the rotator cuff, we often treat that with physical therapy. So physical therapy involves strengthening the muscles of the rotator cuff and some of your shoulder blade muscles as well. That puts the shoulder in a better position. So even though this degenerative process is happening, it often slows it down or stops it and stops the pain. But oftentimes, when you have a tear, um, if it's a significant tear of the rotator cuff, then the options lean more towards surgery, although physical therapy is uh, oftentimes the first option for many patients.
0: And so if, if so, we're going to go undergo physical therapy. If, we, if it's decided that we do have a, a significant tear and we need surgery, what type of surgery is that?
1: So this is a arthroscopic surgery, which means we use a camera to look inside the shoulder. And then there are little anchors that are drilled into your bone that we use to tie the tendon back to. So there's a period of time right after the surgery where the tendon is held in place by some stitches to the bone. And during that time, we really protect the repair by having people use a sling and really limit the motion of their shoulder. Then after about six weeks, once we think the rotator cuff is healed, we'll start more exercises involving those rotator cuff muscles and getting the range of motion back in the shoulder.
0: And what kind of outcomes do you normally see when you have to go to you know the the surgical treatment?
1: Well, typically, rotator cuff surgery, while it makes you makes people uncomfortable for a period of time, does well. People have really good relief of their pain and a lot of improvements in function in terms of strength lifting up the arm and holding things overhead. I like to tell people that um surgery is kind of our you know human way of. Restoring the natural anatomy, but we can't make everything perfect. So I think that people are never, uh, sorry, people are frequently not 100% after the surgery, but I think they're Mm -hmm. usually happy with the function of their shoulder. So it may not be like how their shoulder functioned when they were 20 years old, but I think the reason that they came in to see the doctor in the first place is often much improved.
0: I want to back up just a little bit, so if if we we think of somebody who who has the the wear and tear type of of rotator cuff problem and and if we're just starting to begin to feel some of the pain, like you said if you're lifting your shoulder up are there are there things right. at that point that somebody can do before even having to go see a doctor? Are there certain types of stretches, muscle strength activities that help?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of um there's a lot of different kinds of uh, strengthening exercises and um, a useful resource is the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, or AAOS. They have a website called uh, Ortho Info that has um, a lot of rehab exercises, actually for many different conditions, but they have a great resource for rotator cuff injuries, and they'll, you could download a PDF of some exercises that kind of go through um, things that you can do to uh, rehab the shoulder if you're starting to have some pain.
0: Right. And if we're doing that, if we start doing some of those exercises, at at what point though, do we have to say, okay, this is not working. I need to go see a doctor. Are there certain, like, let's say, is it after maybe a month of doing these types of exercises and I'm not getting benefit? I need to go see somebody like you.
1: Yeah. I usually tell people at about three or four weeks of like, if you're honest with yourself and really doing the exercises two or three times a week, and at three or four weeks, you see no improvement, then that's a sign that maybe you need to see someone. Um if you start seeing some, you may not be totally uh, uh, pain-free at three or four weeks, but you should be able to objectively look at your shoulder and say, you know what, I'm actually, you know, 40%, 50% better than I was when I started doing these exercises, and then I would just continue it for a little bit longer.
0: Right, but it's important to know that after, you know, a month or so, <laughs> it's not better. That's the time to go see the specialist. In In summary... What would you like people to know about rotator cuff injuries?
1: Well, I think they come in in all varieties at, at different ages. But I think um, one of the important things to know about rotator cuff injuries is that we have a, a, a multitude of treatment options based on uh, a person's age, their activity level, and the degree of how much tearing or tendonitis they have. So, you, if you start getting some shoulder pain and you know it's keeping you up at night, don't don't necessarily think that. You know, I'm, I need to have a surgery on my shoulder. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of other things we can do to kind of calm things down or improve the function of the shoulder without surgery. So uh, it's just important to make sure you get it checked out and it's it's uh, evaluated by a specialist.
0: Well, Doctor Panoranth, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Hospital Healthcast with the George Washington University Hospital. For more information, you can go to gwhospital.com. That's gwhospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of the George Washington University Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.